You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Okay, this evening I believe um, I just have something in my heart that I want. I sense the Lord wants to communicate to us and I pray that he will do that in the way that only he can. Amen. On Sunday, we began to look at, it was the communion, and we are saying that it's not something that we should ever get too familiar with, because we're told that by reason of not properly discerning this act, or this, you know, uh, communion, that people are sick and people are actually dying. And we understood that just like in life, anything that has power for great positive effect also has the danger that if it's been, if it's not well used, if it's not well, you know, applied, it could also cause danger, just like, you know, we know with a lot of very strong medications. And it is the same thing with death, and even just ordinary death itself carries its power. We are aware of what has happened in the country in the last few days, and if anyone wants to tell himself the truth, he should know that what unleashed that crazy, stupid, demonic violence was the shooting at Lekki Tollgate. Now, you see, there's just something about death, and the more innocent the dyer is. Is there a word like dyer? Add it, add it. The more innocent the dyer is, the more powerful, the more effect it carries. The moment they open fire on, you know, Nigerians who were not carrying arms, who were peaceful, who were singing, who were carrying the national flag and all of that, and shot them and spilled their blood, it released some terrible thing in the atmosphere. And that's what we saw with all the burnings. I mean, the, the things that they did were crazy. I understand in about the burnt a house that was, not a house, a community house, over 100 years. This is their property. This is their own legacy. In Enugu, they burnt one of the statues that was there. It doesn't mean, I mean, it's, it, when, they, when they burn uh, things that belong to individuals, you can say they probably told the individual stole their money. But when you burn things that are for you and your children, things you point to your children, you know? So the death, that death at Lekki Tollgate and the manor and all of that was what released that whole evil, that horde, that demonic horde, and permitted, you know, permeated, permitted the, the level of destruction and wickedness that went on. And as you know, the devil, the devil doesn't take a, he doesn't play. Any opportunity he has, he will go to the full extent. So there is nothing, there is no correlation between the protesters and the violence. It was the shooting at the toll gate. Every violent thing that had happened before that shooting was controllable. You could see what was happening. But the one that happened after, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Someone was telling me in his factory, they raided the place, took the windows and all of that. The things they couldn't take, you know, mach machinery they couldn't take. They were using axe to destroy it. Just to tell you that this was the devil. You know, burnt hospital. What are you burning hospital for? The very place that they treat you, you know. But when, when death, I'm just trying to help us understand, death is not a joke because, you see, it is the point where, especially of human beings, where something that God has given a time frame where man terminates it. And that's why 
in the Old Testament, if you have time, you can study it. The shedding of innocent blood, when blood is shed in a city and nobody is held guilty for it. Danger, you know, there is danger for people, the cities around. Actually, if I had time, and maybe I should have prepared that so i show it to you. God required that the elders of the cities within some particular square meters of that event will come and make atonement. They are not guilty, but just to be sure that this thing does not bring repercussions to your city, they come and make sacrifices and, you know, and try and clear it up. So that's how powerful death is. More so now when we begin to talk about the death of the Son of God. Praise the Lord. When we begin to talk about the death of the Son of God. Now something interesting you, you and I need to know. In the book of Revelation, where our Lord Jesus is speaking to John the Apostle, he says, I'm he who was dead, and now no one is alive. Now, you have to remind yourself that Jesus is God. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says in John 1, 1, it says, he was in the beginning with God. That's his God eternal. The power that had to adjust I don't want to say the power that had to walk, but the power that had to adjust for Jesus to be able to die. Praise God. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. You know, for him to be able to die. That's why at his death, what did the Bible record? He said there were earthquakes. He said the whole sun, the sun blackened in the noontime, complete shut out. For him to die, it was a lot of power. We know his resurrection, he took power also. But even his death, some of us here can't kill even chicken. As fragile as a chicken is. Some of us can't even kill cockroach. Some wives here can't kill cockroach. They will scream and scream and run over all the places. I hope you can kill cockroach. Okay. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So when the Bible says, when our Lord Jesus Christ says, as often as you do this, you proclaim the Lord's word, death, till he comes. He wants us to catch something. And what does he want us to catch there? He wants us to catch the efficacy, the potency of the faith we have. On Sunday, we talked about superstition. Superstition is when you believe and expect something because a story is told you. That does not have power. Praise God. It doesn't have power, but over time, people have said, if you see a black cat in the morning, it means this. If you wear, how many of us have worn the back of our clothing, and they say somebody's going to give you money? Now, now, what is at the back of it? Superstition. Isn't it? If your palm itches, it means money is what? Coming. And then you ask, why? How come? Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, and you know, this thing is so powerful. Even a lot of sportsmen, some of them, there is one man I read, one footballer, that say he doesn't wash his jersey. That if he wears it for long or something, that it helps him with good luck. They have all kinds of things. You see them wear some trinkets and different things. People just want to put faith because human beings are created to put trust. They are created to lean on something. Inside of us, we know that we need help. Praise the Lord. We know we need help. You know. So as Christians, we are not coming from an angle where we're just believing something that is a nice story. It's not a nice story. Our Lord Jesus Christ, while he lived, 
walked miracles, raised the dead, did all of that. They will never tell us that because Jesus walked miracles, because Jesus raised the dead, because Jesus fed a multitude, you are saved because of it. No! It would almost be superstition. It would, almost, it would be hero worship, which a lot of people do. So we have this man from our village or we have this man from our country who was a great man. That's all. But when we talk about the salvation we have in Jesus Christ, it is that the Son of God came into this world and died for me. Death was impossible for him, for him. Why? Because the root cause for death to be able to occur in the world, what did God say to Adam and Eve? The day you eat of this fruit, what will happen? You will surely die. The same way, if you do not sin, you cannot die. Praise the Lord. The sting of sin is what? Death. The sting of death is sin. The sting of, okay, yeah, the sting of death is sin. Without sin, there can be death. So Jesus, actually, it was impossible for him to die. That's why they had to put upon him what? The sin of the whole world. When that sin was put upon him, that's what he was dealing with at the Garden of Gethsemane. It wasn't just the physical pain and all of that was there, but that he will carry sin. Him who knew no sin became sin. And why did he become sin? So that he might be able to die. If there was no sin on him, up till now he'll still be hanging on the cross. If, I mean, such a scenario was permitted. You can't kill something that has no sin. Praise the Lord. So when that sin was laid on him, And he died. What did he do? He paid a price. A transaction took place. He settled everything that separated us from God. He breached the gap, the enmity between man and God. He breached it. He reconciled man to God. He redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. He brought everything back that man lost. Praise the Lord. And how did he do? By that death. So when the Bible says, when you take the communion, you proclaim the lost dead. It's saying when you take the communion, you're waving your receipt of everything you're expecting from God. Our faith is no more a feeling. It is a transaction. I think I've told you here, when I was young, one experience I had, I saw a madman, you know, a man who was crazy. And he, he was obviously mad. You know, you know a madman when you see not you know, uh, uh, saliva coming out from his mouth. And he went to his kiosk. I was thinking they would drive him away. But lo and behold, he brought out money. And when he brought out money, he spoke to the same attendant at this kiosk and the person sold him drink. Opened it, gave him. Because when he brings money, money does not know whether you're mad. It is a transaction. He brought receipts. Is somebody hearing me? Because somebody is going to make use of his own receipt. If I that was not mad went to the same kiosk and told them, you better believe me, I'm very thirsty, give me coke. What would they say? You better go home or get out from here. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you know, in fact, I like coke, I need coke, I want coke. Give me coke now. Would they attend to me? 
Why? Because I have what? No, nothing tangible to exchange for it. That is what our Lord Jesus' death is. It is a tangible transaction that guarantees healing, that guarantees deliverance, that guarantees provision, that guarantees every promise of God. That's why the Bible says every promise of God in him are what? Yes and in him, amen. He has paid. When he hung on that cross, he said it is what? Finished. He's not about to. That's what the death is about. So when the apostles set out in Acts of the Apostles to begin to preach this gospel, they were not moving about preaching something they were not certain of. They knew that what they were declaring was truth. They knew that what they were declaring happened in history. Something has happened. I know. Praise the Lord. That's how they went out. And with that confidence and that faith, that's how come they were able to do wonders. Now, the same way you and I must come into the place where the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus is real to me, is real to you. It's not just what the preacher says or what you read in the Bible. Because you see, as you read words in the Bible, there are many other books you read. There are fiction stories, you know, there are love stories, there are, you know, war stories, there are all kinds of stories that people read. And you know, when you read them, they can give you emotions, they can give you feelings. But when you read the Bible, you must transit from saying, I'm reading something that, anyway, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He brings it life to you. So you can read this Bible and close it and dare any situation based on what the Bible said to you. Praise the Lord, somebody. So that is what that death does and it becomes a foundation for the rest of the journey you and I have in faith. Now, let's read this passage in the Bible. You understand what I'm trying to say. Ephesians 1, come with me to Ephesians 1 from verse 15. I'll read, I'm going to just a line in verse 19, but I'll read from 15. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you This is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints. Verse 19, let's read it together. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to what? Who are the us there? No, no. Toward us who believe. This is where we're going. I want us to believe. It is when we believe that what? That power becomes actively at work. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. The power is activated as we believe. Now the question is what do we believe? We believe that the son of God did what? Died for us. The Son of God died for us. So, they say is a COVID-19. You weigh the power of COVID-19 against what? The receipt you have that the Son of God did what? Died for you. Which one is worthier? You weigh the power of financial challenges with what? The Son of God died for me. And that is why the Bible will begin to exhort us in this man. It says, he who did not spare, God the creator... God the Father, God the Almighty, did not spare his only son, but what? Gave him freely. I like that freely part. 
please, if you can put it. He said, but, but gave him up freely for us all. He says, how? How? Somebody say, how? Think of it now. That's what he said. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he not with him also what? Freely. Free, how? What is the thing that I'm thinking now is difficult or impossible? If I believe Jesus died on the cross for me, what can be difficult then for him? You know, somebody can give you money and not really like you. In fact, a lot of times they can give you money and not, like, not even want to see your face. Somebody can also see your face and be smiling and not like you. Somebody can even serve you and tell you nice things and you know, make you feel good and not like you. Praise the Lord. But when somebody sees you in danger and instead of, I mean, whatever part of your body, surrenders his own in your place, then you can be sure that that person just doesn't like you. That person does what? Loves you. And that's why when God wants to compare, he begins to compare. He says, shall a mother forget her what? Suckling child. Because it's the mother that will not eat and feed the child. It's the mother that would, you know, I mean, most parents have prayed that prayer. Let this sickness that is on this child do what? Come on, let this child be well. Let me be sick. It's only mothers that can pray that. The doctor is not praying it to I hope you know. They are not. No, they are not. Some fathers will also pray. Most, you know, fathers will also pray to an extent. So that demonstration, it says, he did not spare him. He gave him, delivered him up. He said, how? And that is the question you have to, you know, challenge yourself to. How shall he not with him give me all things? The word freely there implies, if he died for you freely, then which one is he going to charge you for? Praise the Lord. Which one is, if the death for you was free, which one is the enemy now trying to create a mountain of? This problem you're in, this wahala. This thing now, this one is serious now. If the death for you was free, which one will he charge you for? Praise the Lord. Is someone getting what the Bible is saying here? So, but now, 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 that question is what I just want us to look at. It say, how shall he not? And he begins to talk, when you hear how, what is he saying? The means, isn't it? And that's why I just want us to zero in and close. I'm actually trying today to take us to where we go deeper, a little deeper in our faith in God. So we just don't believe God, we trust God. Praise the Lord. You know, the words are used interchangeably, but I, I needed to understand what I'm trying to say. Let me put it this way. It said, trust in God is more than believing that God will do what I ask of him or what I want from him. Trust in God. You see, trust in God takes me to where I believe. When I ask him, or when I'm in a situation, that God will do what in his wisdom, omniscience, you know he's omniscient, okay, I'm not omniscient, I know where I am, praise the Lord, so I cry, say Lord, this is where I am, deliver me, believe means he has power just like we're learning now to deliver me, but when I trust him, I now Add to the power I trust, I know he has. To what? I add omniscience to it. It means he just doesn't have power, but he knows what, what is best in this situation. 
What that means is that it gives him permission to act beyond exactly what I said. And this is also can be understood from the parent and the child. Many times the child will ask of the mother what they think is best. But what does the mother do? The mother, knowing more than the child, in the same love for that same child, does not give the child exactly what the child is demanding, but almost in every situation will do what? Give to the child something either in fact or in spirit is better than what the child is asking. Now, if that child does not trust, that child could kick tantrums for the rest of his life, a good mother will not respond. That's why you see some children that are spoiled. There are children that always get exactly what they want. The parents don't give them what is best for them. Have you seen children that are very, you know, that's just anyhow. They behave anyhow, anyway. These are children that have learned to suspend the superior knowledge of their parents because their parents respond to them in kind. But any normal father or mother would train that child to learn that. And then the child over time knows that if mommy says sit down, even though you want to play, there's a reason mommy is saying sit down and not allowing you to play. Haven't you seen children bite their mommies, kick them and all of that? It's allowable for a season. After some time, the child will learn that this thing is, doesn't work with this woman, one. And then two, this thing is better for me. That's what we learn as we mature in the faith. Praise God. So when I trust God, I believe in his wisdom. And trust is that wisdom is superior to mine. Then another thing I also add there is that his love for me is also superior to the love I have for myself. Listen to me. When you get to this place in God, I can almost tell you that the devil begins to run away from you. Because you're in, in such a position that what temptation is, going, is he going to bring to you? This was the case with Job. Brethren, Job didn't know what was going on. But Job knew that God was his God. You know, people, people who, who, want to, who want to love us better than God loves us, say, they teach that Job made a mistake when he says, shall I accept good from God and not accept bad? What is bad? A woman is in labor and she's having pain. Is it bad? Women, is it bad? If the, uh, what was it called? The contractions. If the contractions don't come, the child could die in the womb. The pain helps the mother to prepare, isn't it? And then be able to push out. Now, when you see, when you understand, when you know that God is bigger and he loves you, then no matter the circumstance you are going through, you never take your eyes off of him. You never suspect him of doing evil. The temptation of Job that the devil wanted, to, the way that the devil wanted Job to get to, is where Job would charge God. That's, they gave us the answer in that. He said, yet in all of these things, well, Job did not charge God of wrong, of evil. Many Christians go through situations and for that moment, God has offended them. God can, I mean, you, you may actually offend yourself. Praise God. It's very likely you can, I mean, as difficult as it may appear, it's very likely you may, I mean, those who are into substance abuse and all of that, they're offending themselves, aren't they? Okay? It's very, it's possible you're enough, but it is impossible for God 
who gave his only son to die for us while we were yet sinners to offend us now that we are his own children. It's impossible for him to do us evil. It is at that point that your believing God gets into trust. It's at that point that you become a weapon in the hands of God. He's able to introduce you into a lot of Christians, serious believers who are going through difficult situations now. It's purely because God knows you trust him. That's all. That's all. You know, as human beings, we've interpreted people who don't have challenges as people who have great faith. It's at the human level. When you go to the other side where God is, remember Job's three friends were not having problems. They were all rich too. So um, when the onlookers watch that situation, who knew God more? The three friends. Who was uh, problematic? Job had issues. And if they wanted to claim anybody's portion, whose portion would they claim? The three friends, because everything around them was good. They traveled, you know, they probably came by Camel, some came by Rolls Royce, you know, to visit Job. Job was the one having, he was, I, I mean, how can you have faith and your children will die? How can you have faith and your cattle will die? How can you have faith and your, your camels will be dying? There must be something wrong. Oh boy, you know, pop up your faith. In fact, let's go. There's a prophet somewhere. Let's take you there. Little did they know that heaven has said, this man what, is the best amongst these men. And because of that, I want you to test him. Why? Because I know that he is just not sucking up of my goodies. He trusts in me. Let me tell you something. There is no company you enjoy, no conversation you enjoy, no fellowship you enjoy, like the fellowship of someone who trusts in you. One of the frequent reasons why genuine couples quarrel is when there's suspicion on, you know, it breaks the person's heart. You should trust me. After these years, you should trust me. You should know I love you. Praise God. You should know I'm here for you. Why will you doubt me? Now, you take that now to God. Now, even the man who is saying, or the woman who is saying, why should you doubt me? can also not even know what he or she is doing. I need you to get the comparison that I'm placing out here. Because the person is a human being. You understand what I'm saying? But God is God. Like we learned on Sunday. God is looking at your yesterday, which some of them you don't know exactly what happened. He's seen your today, which you can't see all that is happening or, or even now. And then he's seen what? Your tomorrow. And he makes a decision for you. And you want to subject him to prove how this decision is in your best interest. Every time. Every time. He has to prove to you. Eh? Why am I not an American? You don't know. If you were an American, maybe you, you think you'll be free. Some of, I know that it's possible if I was an American, they would have killed me long ago. You know, this... Yes. See how someone is looking at me. Do you, know the, do you know the rate of black death? Or maybe in prison. A lot of people who are free in Nigeria are walking about. In America, the population of persons in prison in America make up some countries. I hope you know. The way some of us drive on the road, by now, not just that you won't have license, they would have blindfolded you, you won't even be going anywhere. But you're just moving about, just, ah, 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 this country. It's because of this country. That's why you're still free. I'm telling you the truth. The way some of us have, you know, some men have beaten their wives, they would have been in jail. There's some, uh, oh no. 
the, your business, the things that you have done in business, would have put you in... So, what I'm trying to say is this. This God who gave up his son to die for you, loves you. He's wiser than you. And then, let's not imagine, he has power to do everything. And it's at this point that, you know, some people may disagree with me. There is no need you have that God couldn't have met yesterday. Praise the Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He said to Zechariah, your prayer is heard. He heard it from the first time they desired it. But you see, they had to have somebody who would be a forerunner to Jesus. Whereas Zechariah and Elizabeth had been chosen, they said the two were found what? Blameless. So heaven said, out of this couple, we will get the forerunner of Jesus. You know what the challenge was now? They needed to find their cousin who will qualify to be Mary. And while they were waiting, all the Marys they were seeing, something was happening along the way. They were waiting. Things were happening. These people went from 30 years to 40 years. They hadn't seen Mary. 50 years, they hadn't. 60, 78. Who knows when they saw Mary? Maybe when the man was 90. They finally found the Mary. Then, the angel now came and said, uh-huh, you're going to have a child. Because that child was a unique child. That child was a child that the Bible says will be anointed with the Holy Ghost from when? From the mother's womb. It will not be ordinary womb. Praise the Lord. And when that child is found, that child will have to communicate with the Savior womb to womb. It was a transaction that they needed to prepare. And then we had people like Simeon who were praying, Lord, we sense this around and they say, keep, keep waiting. Anna was there praying. They say, keep waiting. There are some things we need to get together before we release the Son of God. All those things fall into place. The same way as you and I are now. You don't know what God is working out for you. That's why you must push yourself from just believing, from just claiming. The claiming Christianity is based. You see, at what age does your child do always claiming with you? Two years, three years. By the time they start, by the time they start encountering teachers, they stop claiming. Because teachers say, Qu- quiet, shut up. Isn't it? As you grow, what happens is that there begins to be congruency. Both of you begin to work together. So the claiming is okay for a level. But at a level, it becomes understanding the heart of your father. Understanding his purpose. Understanding his agenda. Praise the Lord. And and that is where the trust comes in. So you know, you just know that God is working. Praise the Lord. And what do you do? Let's look at this scripture. I've shared it here before. Isaiah 50 verse 10. Let's look at it as we go on. Isaiah 50 10. It says, who among you? There are not too many. That's why it says who among you. Who among you fears the Lord? Can you see that condition? And the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. So this person is righteous. Who obeys the voice of his servant? Obedient. Now look at the situation this person is in, in spite of all. What does he do? Read it for me, everybody. This person does what? Walks in darkness and has no light. Uh -uh. How can I fear the Lord, obey the voice of his servant, and then I will not have light? It shouldn't be possible, isn't it? But when God is working some things, he trusts that you will do what? Understand. One of the things I've seen now watching modern soccer now, modern football. You know, when I was younger, when they played football, when they played soccer, I noticed something. Whenever they wanted to pass the ball, 
the person that needed the ball will get contact with the person who is acting. Are you, do you remember? They saw yeah, then they'll pass the person and get the ball. But when you watch today's soccer, from their training, they've taught them that if Mr. A holds the ball at this point, Mr. B should start running like a madman somewhere. And then Mr. A will not look. Am I right, those who watch football? Mr. A will not look. He will just kick the ball in that direction. They planned it over time in their practice. So when they are watching, the opposing team cannot read what is happening. Because this man is running with the boy. He doesn't do hand. You know those days, you see how people, they'll do hand like this. Then everybody knows where they're going. <laughs> but this time, nobody does. He's just running. The other person starts running like a man. Nobody's there. Then without looking, he kicks the ball. What has happened? He's walking in darkness. But trusting that what? His teammate will do what? Position the ball as they planned during the practice. That is what God wants to do with some of us. I believe most of us. He wants us to trust him in that season where we are in. Knowing that he that began the work in us, he what? will be faithful to do, perform it until the very end. We learned on Sunday, Jesus said, you didn't choose me. If God looked at you and thought, I will not be able to finish the work in you. He wouldn't have chosen you. Pastor you're an artist. A good artist, or a good architect even, part of how you begin to know them is that they choose the materials they work with carefully first. There are some materials they won't work with because it will spoil their workmanship. When Jesus said, I chose you, it meant he was confident that he can finish a good work from you. So when we find ourselves in situation, we should ask some questions. If he did not spare his own son, but gave him for me, is it now that he will abandon me? Let's rise on our faith. You see, the basis of faith, faith is powerful. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because he that comes to God must well believe that he is and he's everyone. And the basis of faith is God's omnipotence. But some time ago, the Lord, I just, you know, one of those moments, you just hear God speak to you. And let me tell you, this God speaking, God doesn't preach sermons. He can even just tell you one word, you know. That day, what I heard was, think, trust more, think less. Trust more, think less. And, you know, I saw that thinking is how, how, how will this thing work? How, how is he going to finish it? And then you start checking if he, buys a, if he buys land of 5 million, cement has gone up and there, there is traffic on the road. You, you know, all the type of things that you, when you think how, isn't that? How is the process and the means? But when you trust, if you have little children here, just call one of your little children and say, do you know how we pay rent in this house? If the child is littler, littler eh? as a child, do you know the process of making jollof rice? The child does not care. What the child knows is what? To love rice is sweet. If the child started to think the process, you know there is going to be a problem in that house. So God said to me, he said, think less, trust more. And the truth is this, we'll learn that the truth is this, if God tried to explain to you, you won't even understand. How will you understand? How do you explain a man to an aunt? You tell, the man, you tell the aunt, a man has two eyes. You see? 
Uh, uh, okay, or the difference between a man and a woman. The aunt says it's a man. I say, no, it's a woman. He said, what's the difference? They're not looking. How do you explain to an aunt the difference between male and female? I get him what I'm saying. I want you to pray tonight and say, Lord, I want to trust in you. First, because you love me. When he said that to me, I said, well, he says, I didn't spare my... Lord, you love me. You, you, your son died for me. It's not a story. He shed his blood. On Sunday, I ate of his broken body and drank of his shed blood. You love me. You love me. You're concerned about me. Listen to me, child of God. God is concerned about your physical needs, your emotional needs, your spiritual All those needs, he's concerned. That's why he says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul. Because he knows the soul is the most important one. As your soul prospers. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his word. Righteousness and these other things shall be added. He said, this is the pattern. Walk in this pattern. I will catch up with you. Or better still, you will catch up with me. Lord, let me trust in you from today. Let me trust in you. Let me trust in you. I don't understand. So faith is based on the power that I know God has. His ability. But trusting God talks about he knows all. He loves me and he's committed to me. God is committed to you, sir. God is committed to you, man. The songwriter sang and says, he didn't bring me this far to leave me alone. No, no. The devil is a liar. He's wasting his time. Just remind the devil that you have gone too far. You have history with God. You have history. If he was going to leave you, he should have left you many years ago. He should have left you many decades ago. But he has brought me this far. And I tell you, there is glory. I can see glory. He said, let him, let him trust in the name of the Lord. Let him rely upon his God. I want you to raise your voice. I'll raise your spirit more better. And say, Lord, I will trust in you. <laughs> I will trust in you. I will trust in you. The one who died for me, I will trust in you. The one who laid his life down, I will lay my life down. I will wait on you. Those who wait upon the Lord and mount up with wings as eagles, I will wait on you. I don't understand. The preacher is not standing here to explain your situation. I'm here to declare your Savior. There is a Savior. There is a Savior. There is a redeemer. His name is Jesus Christ. There is a lover of your soul. There is the one who is touched by the feeling of your infirmities. There is the one who knows every heart cry. There is the one who gathers every tear that drops. There is the one who knows every sigh that is sad. He knows all of it. Why? The Bible says you do not have an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of your infirmities. He knows exactly where you are. He knows what you're going through. And he says, I'm working. If I'm not, I'm working on it. It is finished. Just wait and be of good courage. It's a new month. This hasn't happened. The year is about to end. This hasn't happened. Jehovah knows. Jehovah sees. He's a good, good father. Tell him, Lord, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. He's done it before. He will do it again. He's a savior. That's what he does. He died once as a receipt, but he lives forever as a high priest over your faith, over my faith. He said, he who was dead 
but now is alive forevermore. The death is my receipt. I wave it everywhere. When sickness comes, I say he died for me. He shed his blood for me. He bore his stripes for me. He was wounded for my transgression. I place the sacrifice and I claim what he said he claimed. And then when I do that, I trust that he's doing what he alone can do. You are my God. You are my God. You are my God. I want you to settle it tonight. You will trust the Lord. I will trust the Lord. I will trust the Lord. I will trust in you. 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 I want you to pray for the grace, for the anointing, for the power. The psalmist says in Psalm 18 verse 1, you can put it on the screen for us. He says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. He says, you are... The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. He's my shield and the hand of my salvation, my stronghold. I will trust in you. 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 Lord, this is our prayer. As a church, as Christians in this time, as a nation, with the things that are happening globally, we are not boasting explanations. We are trusting in Jehovah, the Most High. We don't know why our government is this way. We don't know why our leaders are this way. But we lift our eyes to you. We lift our eyes to you. We lift our eyes to you. We will trust in you. We lift our eyes to you. I need you just don't mind your neighbor. This is a private moment, I beg you. Seize it. Ask the Lord, let me live here with a certain trust. A definite trust in my God. My God. My God. My God. My God. He will. He will. He will save. He will deliver. He will heal. He will see me through. He makes a way. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Lord, we will trust in you. Release your worries. Release your concerns. How will this be? My God. My God. How will this Father, we thank you. We thank you, O Lord. Thank you for the spirit of adoption. That is the spirit that causes us to cry out, Abba, Father. It doesn't matter what your children are going through. Lord, I pray, let, O Lord, there be an embrace. The embrace of the loving father to a trusting child. Let the hearts that have been trembling and anxious be calmed. Let the minds that have been worried, let them find rest. Because you, Jehovah, you are God, you are father. You did not withhold your only son. You gave him up. You delivered him up. 
you delivered him up and this evening we are raising that sacrifice and we're saying you didn't withhold then now we will trust in you we will trust in you Lord we'll pray for that heart we'll pray for hearts now let your hand spirit of the living God spirit of the living God minister the love of Christ minister the safety of the father fear not that's what it says little flocks it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom we are on the winning side child of God the only thing you need to fear is fear stepping out of the house fear stepping out of God fear backsliding fear fainting fear losing your confidence say do not cast away your confidence for there is great recompense of reward somebody needs to regain that confidence tonight in the place of prayer and let the Lord know you will just like in the beginning even that illness that may have tarried just trust the Lord that healing is now thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.